Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another rousing episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. As always, I am your host, Matt Hinshaw. And with me, as I always like to say, my brother from another mother. Actually, I don't think I've said that that often. I don't know. Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. So, Mike, this week we are reviewing a movie, or this Tuesday, or today is Tuesday, or whatever. We're reviewing a movie that is basically Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch versus terrorism. Yep. What is that movie, Michael? So, the movie that we're reviewing today is Mile 22. It was directed by Peter Berg and written by Leah Carpenter. Uh, starring um, Mr. Marky Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg, Lauren Cohan, Eco U.Y., uh, John Malkovich, and Rhonda Rousey. And it's uh, an elite American intelligence officer aided by a top-secret tactical command unit tries to smuggle a mysterious police officer with sensitive information out of the country. All right, so Mike, what did you think of Mile 22? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, it's nothing special, but uh, it was it was very similar plot to Mission Impossible. Uh, just kind of a different way of going about things, but similar, similar plot to Mission Impossible and, you know, uh, there's some cool kind of gunplay and, and stuff in this movie, but I don't know. It was just, it was, it was just okay. Well, I agree with most of your statements. Um, I, I don't know if I would put it in the class of okay. I say it was probably mediocre at best. The action is what makes this movie. The storyline is kind of boring and overdone. As you're pointing out, it's almost the exact same storyline as Mission Impossible. The only thing that really helps the storyline is the very end of the movie. And that kind of shock and awe of what happens really helps a lot. But it's still, it's almost like a cop-out because you have this kind of boring, mediocre story with all this action, and then you throw this huge twist at the end, much like uh, one of our favorite uh, directors slash writers, um, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> yes, M. Night Shyamalan, I think. Or... Except for, uh, you know, it's not a horror movie or a thriller or anything like that. This is just an action movie with a big twist at the end. The action was good, though. It was very solid. I just... There were some little offshoots in the story that I just didn't do anything for or against me. I just, whatever. It is what it is. The uh, biggest saving grace in the whole movie, and we were discussing this before we hit record, is um, Eco. His martial arts, I've never seen him before, and it was just incredible. It's almost very reminiscent of... Uh, the great martial art films of the, uh, you know, 70s and 80s. It was awesome. I loved watching him do his thing. Yeah, uh, Matt, uh, like I was talking about earlier, 
I've seen the movies that he's been in uh, called The Raid and The Raid 2. They are amazing martial art movies, like done to a level that is hard to even fathom. Like you really need to see them. There's, I think The Raid has this 20-minute scene of no cuts and just constant uh, martial art action. It's amazing. Dude, I do need to check those out because I was very impressed with Eco. I thought his choreography and his moves and just everything he was doing was just tip top. I mean, I don't I don't want to hearken to Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee is just you can't touch that man. But he's he's up there. He's up there with uh Jackie Chan and other famous martial artists. I mean, and then the crazy thing is too, uh, just as I was trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name here, one of the featurettes was talking about how Eco does all of his fight choreography too. Wow! Yeah, that's he really only, that's really cool. He not only is the martial artist, he also does the choreography for it, which is just wow. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, what what did you think of uh, UFC uh, fighter Ronda Rousey? Uh, she's been in a couple other movies, but what did you think of her in this role? Dude, it was kind of annoying. I, I won't lie. She was pretty annoying. I just didn't understand. And she has this horrible death scene, and it was just bad acting. And I've seen her in her other roles, and it, this one just seemed really bad. Just really bad. I don't know why. Yeah, it was kind of interesting also to see um, Lauren uh, Cohan uh, from uh, Walking Dead was in this. And she she had a weird character, too, who was, like, constantly just, like, cursing at her, like, ex-husband. And that was just, like, it seems odd. Like, I was like, does that need to be in the movie? Right. That's one of the offshoots that I was discussing, like, that I wasn't going to bring up yet but we can we should might as well (laughs) well, ruined it sorry yeah we could do spoilers later but it's not like it's a spoiler it's like it's just a weird part of the story that doesn't make sense and it permeates throughout the entire freaking movie she's always like on the phone or texting or emailing or face messaging her ex-husband and just screaming at him and getting upset and irate as this big you know, kind of escape plot is going on. And it's like, do we really need that? I think it was a waste. I think it was a waste of Lauren Cohan's talent and the, my time in the movie cut all that shit out. And the movie would have been, you know, 15 minutes shorter, but the movie is actually what I would consider a standard movie running time that we don't see much anymore. It was a good solid hour and a half, which you don't see much anymore. It's always two hours now. Well, some movies are are an hour and a half, um, but yeah, that used to be like the standard running time, ninety minutes. Right. And don't get me wrong, I love Lauren Cohen. I I've always liked her. I've, you know, physically and as an actress, she's quite attractive in my book, especially when she actually talks in her native British language, <laughs> or not language, native native British uh, accent. Oh yeah. Yeah, she she always is acting as an American in uh Walking Dead. I didn't even realize she was from Britain until she came on like Talking Dead one day. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Well, 
where I first witnessed seeing her was uh, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds, uh, not physically, but just as a comedian. <laughs> oh, uh, he um did uh, one of his, I guess, probably his breakout role, I guess you could say, other than Deadpool now. But for those of us who know him as a kind of a comedian and things like that, I think we would point to his breakout role being uh, Van Wilder. Yeah, that's what I that's what I would say, Van Wilder for sure. Is she in but a that? Lot of, no, she. Well, that's where I'm getting to. There was a sequel to Van Wilder that I think it was straight to video or straight to digital download or something. It might have come out in the theaters, but I don't think it did well. And it's the sequel to the original Van Wilder, and it doesn't have Ryan Reynolds in it at all. It's called The Rise of Taj, and it's all his uh, assistant in the original one goes back to England to, I'm not sure if he's getting his doctorate or if he's getting his master's or what, but he's teaching at one of the big prestigious British schools. And Lauren Cohan is kind of the second main character. Like she's the, the female lead in that movie. Oh, okay. I do remember not recognize her at all because she's blonde in it. I do remember, uh, the Van Wilder, uh, sequel and was very um, disappointed. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It was kind of boring. There were some funny moments, but overall, it wasn't it wasn't anything to write home about. And I think that's mainly because of missing Ryan Reynolds because he just killed it in the first one. He was so funny in the first one. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he was great. So, anyways, that's my first recollection of ever running across Lauren Cohan, because I remember when they were announcing The Walking Dead coming out as a television series, I was looking up a lot of the uh, people who are going to be playing the main characters, especially Maggie when they announced season two and all that, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I recognize her, because back then, that was like the movie she was most known for. And so they had her IMDb picture was her picture from that movie. Now it's probably, you know, one from Walking Dead, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So anyways, not to get super off track, but that's, that's where I recognize her from. So, but mile 22, you know, Mark Wahlberg did a good job. I am not a huge fan of his character though. And I don't know if it's so much his character or if it's the um, addition of, him being, I'm not sure, was he bipolar? No, I don't think so. I think he just had a um, he active has mind some, or something. So, some kind no, of high-strung thing, dis- right? No, he has something. And I don't know if they say exactly what it is, but he has something, like, mentally wrong with him, or maybe not wrong, It, but it definitely creates the character that he is. Which is fine. I mean, I understand it. But the thing that annoyed the shit out of me is how he always has this rubber band on his wrist that he's always snapping. And every single time he snaps it, they make sure to show him snapping it. And they zoom in on him snapping. And it's like, it just kept taking away from the movie at the time. I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't think it added anything to the movie. I think it took stuff away. Yeah, that was a little weird. I'm not sure. Like, I, we got it after first first few times. So, right. I mean, show it. yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mike, show it three, four times, tops, 
and then leave it alone. The sound will do enough. You don't need to cut to him doing it every single freaking time. You know, when he's in a super high stress situation and he starts snapping it, just leave the scene as it is and let us hear it. That's all all that needed to be done. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. It just annoyed me. And maybe that was what they were trying to do. Maybe they were trying to make the viewers feel the frustration that his character was feeling in that moment. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it didn't work. It didn't work for me. All right, so Mike, should we just get to it? I know you probably have looked it up. I'm sure you have it written down in your notes. How does Mile 22 relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Thanks for asking, Matt. Um, oh, it's a thank you today. Yes. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. not a, oh, you bastard. Yeah. Um, the editor on this movie, uh, Colby Parker Jr., also was an editor for Ant-Man. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, this this one wasn't too bad. Man, Clerks was, oof, that was rough. Yeah. Yeah, and it might get worse as we get more into Kevin Smith's movies, or actually it might get better. I don't know. That that was the first Kevin Smith movie we've ever done. That's and, true. Uh, it was the first one. Uh, last night, uh, I was reminiscing about that, and I was like, you know what I've never seen? And it's because everybody freaking always talks so much shit about it, is uh, Chasing Amy. Oh, okay. Well. I've, only, I've seen parts of it here and there. I've never watched it all the way through. And it was on my uh, Hulu account to watch. Luckily, there were no ads during it, too, which was nice. And I watched it. And I have to say, uh, it, it wasn't as awful as everyone makes it out to be. But it definitely wasn't good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, it, well, you know, maybe down the road we'll do that one. I don't know. I'd re- There's so many other Kevin Smith movies that are so much better that I would rather do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Mike, we got uh, MCU out of the way. We've talked about the movie. Um, do you want to roll into spoilers about the movie? Um, sure. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. From here on out, it's nothing but spoilers on Mile 22. So if you don't want Mile 22 spoiled, go ahead and just uh, skip to the very end where we give our ratings. All right, Mike. Full bore. Go for it, man. So I don't know why they chose to do the like flashback interview sequence because like that gave away that you know Mark Wahlberg's character survived whatever happened right right off the start yeah, yeah. and I was like man come on um so I didn't like that uh, the twist at the end was uh I mean kind of saw it coming because of the way they they showed stuff but uh you know it was interesting to see why um, yeah i i saw it coming but not quite in the way that i anticipated it or they portrayed it i i knew shit was gonna go south and it was gonna be bad but uh, i didn't see that the uh guy that they were trying to save the whole time is the not i guess you'd say the villain but not really the villain he was the a tool for the for the Russian, you know, guys, kid or whatever that they killed, the lady. 
But yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it it was predictable, I guess, in that way. I mean, especially since they opened the movie by showing you that whole scene and you're like, how does this relate to anything? Because then it cuts to, right. you know, I guess the chase or present day or whatever. And you're like, oh, now it makes sense. But one that really bothered me, really, really bothered me was uh, one of the best actors in this entire film next to Mark Wahlberg and Lauren Cohen. Um, John Malkovich was wasted. Wasted. He spent the entire movie standing in a room talking on a microphone. Yeah, I imagine he shot his uh, part in like two days and was like, out, I'm out. Later, yeah. guys. He he got his paycheck and he's out. And such a waste, man, because, you know, John Malkovich hasn't done a whole lot of stuff recently. And it's really nice to see him because he is a very talented actor, especially when you get into these more crazier roles. Not that this one was crazy, but it's I think it was an absolute waste of a hell of a good actor. Yeah, yeah, it it was. Uh, The last John Malkovich movie that I thought had come out that was pretty um, fun and and entertaining was uh, Red, the retired retired something and dangerous, right? Retired Extremely Dangerous. Yeah, Retired Extremely Dangerous, yeah, with with, um, Bruce Willis and John Malkovich and... Oh, dude, he was so good in that one and the sequel, even though the sequel was kind of more of the same. He still, his character is probably my favorite in those movies because it's just, I love the whole backstory of his character in those movies and how he acts and everything. I mean, come on. Like, the whole reason why he's so screwed up is because they experimented on him with acid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. It was, I mean, God. Yeah, it was, it, it was really, uh, th- those movies were real fun. So They really were. I, we should do one of those for a legacy cast too down the road. I'll add it yeah. to the list. All right. So uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, mile 22 spoiler wise, Michael. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like this, uh, this movie was just the story. It seemed like they tried to put too much stuff in there. Like it would have just been fine with the, the um, trying to recover like this radioactive stuff. Um. The, but this movie was weird. Like Mark Wahlberg's all like super intense and like, uh, you know, I guess that's what his character was supposed to be. It, it just seemed weird. It's just kind of a weird. The action was cool, but this was the movie just didn't flow that great. Yeah, outside the action, I I don't think this was a very good movie. I I don't. I mean the the story was mediocre. It was I don't know. I already went over it, but anyways. Yeah. All right. Did they ever mention in the movie where they were at? Uh, I never, I don't think they ever did. I don't think they go into specifically where they were at, other than it kept saying, I believe, Southeast Asia, which is a large place. Right, right. I don't think they ever say what town, and that might be intentional so they don't piss off anyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But definitely Indonesia of some kind, maybe China of some kind, maybe the Philippines, maybe Thailand. I mean, any, you know, any one of those Southeast uh, Asia countries could have been this location. Yeah, I guess it didn't really say, but. 
No, and I, I seriously think that's them trying to say, you know, maybe they, the writers were thinking, you know, China the whole time, especially with the Russian-Soviet ties and everything, but they don't want to blatantly come out and say it, not to piss everyone off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, this, this movie is just okay. I mean, I, I like me some Marky Mark, but this one wasn't one of his best. Yeah, I like Mark Wahlberg a lot, um, but he has done his fair share of junk, like most action stars. Well, this movie was directed like uh, Peter Berg and him have worked on quite a few movies. Uh, They did uh, the Navy SEAL one. um, Bone Survivor? Yeah. Dude, that was a really good movie. I really enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah, they did that. They did Patriot's Day. They did Deepwater Horizon. Uh, I haven't seen Patriot's Day. That's the one about the the bombing, you know, in uh, Boston Marathon. Yeah, the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, so he did, like, Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day, and then this is, like, Mile 22. I don't know. I guess they just keep um, working together, so... Well, but look, in- interesting about it is that all those other movies are dramatized real-life events, and this one is the first one that's not. Oh. So maybe maybe they have a harder time when this one, with, the, the, with the story for this one, since it was made up? Maybe. I don't know. Or the writers, you know, they just are like, oh, these writers weren't the best, or I don't know. I mean, they, both of them must have liked it, because I believe it was produced by uh, Mark Wahlberg as well. So he clearly had a little bit more of a hand in it than just acting. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. All right, Mike. So, let's just go ahead and get to our uh our rating. So, uh Mysterious Mike, what do you give Mile 22? Uh I'm going to give this movie 3 reels. Uh, it's just mediocre. Uh, the action's pretty cool, and I I just wish some of the story was a little bit clearer and stuff. I don't I don't know why they spent so much time with like uh, showing uh, Lauren Cohan's character constantly like fighting with her ex and stuff. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of thing to that that we don't know about. Maybe there's some kind of insider story, but yeah, I don't know. It it just was okay. I agree with you that that uh, Eco and and John Malkovich weren't really used the, to their levels that they could have been. So I don't know. It, it was just it, it just wasn't that well done of a movie. But I still give it a three because the action was pretty cool. So what do you think? Do you think people should go and spend their hard earned money to watch this film in the theaters? Oh yes, well, um, yeah. I don't think I would tell you to go watch it in the theater if if you didn't need to. I mean, if you were bored and you had like your movie pass was working, um, may- maybe you could go see it. But, uh, well, since you brought it up, Mike, I know you love it to hear about my ongoing saga of movie pass because you were. A previous movie pass diehard fan. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear the latest. What is the latest drama? Is it working again? Mile 22 was available on my movie pass 
on the Friday that it opened, the opening weekend that it came out, and that was what? Uh, the 17th, I think? Hold on, what does IMDb say? Uh, yes, August 17th. And so I went in during my... Is it in the morning or was it lunch break? I think it was my lunch break. I went during my lunch break to my local movie theater that accepts movie pass, which is picture show. And I bought my ticket at lunch for a nine or 10 o'clock showing. And then I went back, ate my lunch and went back to work and I was able to see mile 22. So mile 22 is the first movie in a month. uh, At that point, uh, just shy of a month that I got to use my movie pass. So I was very excited about that. Wow. That's, that's, that's good news, right? Yeah, because I'm using a service that I freaking pay for. Now, it still sucks that it, you know, the limitations and that I had to go so early to go get the ticket. But I have figured out that if you don't go early, MoviePass runs out of money for the day and they black out all of their showings. Oh, yeah. So So that's what it is. If you wait until an hour before the movie, you will probably not get in. Yeah, Matt, that sounds like what I experienced right before they, um, the, before I canceled. And this is when I was paying like thirty five bucks a month or something. Um, what they did is they had they set some kind of weird budget in certain in regions of the United States, which they would never tell me what the regions were or anything. I tried, I called several times, um, and once that region had used up what they. They had allotted for the day. You couldn't get any more passes. And, uh, man, I was at the theater like three times and I couldn't get passes. And I was like, yeah, that's it. It's over. I'm pretty sure that is exactly what I'm experiencing and everyone else is experiencing right now when they go to the theater. And they see, like I was pointing out a while ago, that I looked on my app This was probably in June, maybe July. I want to say June, though. But I looked at my app, and it said, oh, you can go and see this movie. And it's open, and I show up at the theater. I literally leave my house, drive to the theater, pull open my phone, open up the app, get ready to check in, and it said, "Uh, no more showings available. Oh, man. So by the time I left my house to the time I got the theater, which is about 15, 20 minutes... It was over. And so that's how I've been able to use MoviePass. So I, uh, if I get to see a movie next week, and I might go, I kind of want to go see Crazy Rich Asians, even though it's a rom-com, because everybody's just raving about it. And it might be awkward to go sit in a movie theater by myself at a romantic comedy. But hey, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I kind of want to go see that. So if that pops up on it, I might go and see that during the week or maybe tomorrow or I don't know, whenever. But uh, I would like to try and get my that third movie because, you know, now I'm to three movies a month for MoviePass. And with our next review, my MoviePass worked again. And so that is two. So I have one more to go by the end of August and I am going to get it. All right. Good goal. Let's do it. All right. So, Mike. My rating for Mile 22 is actually lower than yours. Whoa. I give Mile 22 a 2 out of 5. 
Wow. I just, I just didn't think it was a very good movie. Uh, the action is the only thing it has going for it. The story twist at the end is the other thing that it has going for it. And that's about it. The acting wasn't terrible. It was not terrible. But I put a lot of weight on the story. And the story was just not there. It just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. So my recommendation is unless you really want to go see a movie and it's really cheap and you want to see some action and you've seen Mission Impossible Fallout three times, yeah, go see this. If not, go watch Mission Impossible Fallout again. It's much better. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mission Impossible Fallout. It's much better. All right, Mike. Well, I guess that's all I have for the unofficial podcast of Chipotle. We keep you regular. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I I don't have anything else either. You don't have anything else? No. All right. Well, do it, man. Close this out. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.